Hello, 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 hello. Hello and welcome to the Katie Helper Show. You can hear the Katie Helper Show on iTunes and SoundCloud. Please rate and review us on iTunes. And you can also support us and find bonus episodes on Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Today, on today's episode, I speak to former Nevada Assemblywoman Lucy Flores, who has come out to talk about an awkward kiss she got from Joe Biden. She's basically been the first person to officially Me Too Joe Biden. His inappropriate physical interactions with women have been documented on camera, on video camera, on videotape. Do we even say that anymore? But Lucy Flores is the first person to actually come forward and write about it. She's getting a lot of pushback, of course. Um, Randy Weingarten, the head of the American Federation of Teachers, said that she hoped Lucy Flores wasn't making the statement because she worked for Bernie. And just to clarify for everyone, Lucy Flores used to be a Bernie surrogate. She was a Bernie surrogate in 2016. She has not endorsed anyone yet for 2020. And she's waiting to see. As we say in the episode, I'm a Bernie stan, but Lucy isn't. And if she wanted to be, this would be a great opportunity for her to back Bernie, but she's waiting to see. So again, People casting these aspersions um, on her towards her motives are really disappointing, but also not disappointing because this is what we expect, sadly. We also got Mika Mika from Morning Joe, surprisingly enough, um, pushing back against Lucy Flores. Imagine that. Imagine Mika um, trying to shield a problematic man. Never seen that before, except for on her show every day with Joe Scarborough. Oh, Abby Huntsman, the genius that she is. Her only qualification being daughter of John Huntsman, D-O-J-H, uh, thinks that, it, you know, does this mean that we can't, Is it, are we getting to a moment where we can't hug people? Real deep thinkers, real critical thinkers, real uh, principled on the Me Too stance. Anyway, as p- listeners probably know, I've talked about this a lot with vis-a-vis Juanita Project, this movement of Me Too, unless it's someone who is being accused who I like. Also, uh, make sure you become Patreon supporters at patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Helper Show because on this week I interview Mar- I on this week because on this week I interview Branko Martichek, who is a journalist at Jacobin, and he did a series, a kind of deep dive into into Joe Biden's policies. So I bring you uh, today, I bring you the kind of um inappropriate interactions Joe Biden has had with women. And then this week, I bring you something about his actual policies. Okay, and now without any further ado, Lucy Flores. So excited to have Lucy Flores back, back on the show. Um, We had her on the show a few years ago. So welcome back. Thank you. It's been yeah. a while. I missed you. I know. I know. You have to come back to <laughs> But I, have, I haven't really because, you know, I listen to the show all the time. So. Oh, well, thank you. Great. <laughs> so you are very brave. First, you were very brave and you, you came forward and talked about having an abortion as a young woman, which cost you a lot. You had death threats. You had a lot of hate uh, hurled at you. Then you became a surrogate for Bernie Sanders, which also won you a lot of hate. Of course, Emily's List, not surprisingly, did not support you for various reasons, probably political, but also as as people may know who follow them, they're this self-fulfilling prophecy where if you don't have money, they don't help you get money. Right. Which uh, doesn't really change the face of politics and in terms of who's represented and power. And now you very bravely came forward and spoke about an, appear- uh, an experience you had with Joe Biden 
You wrote about that for The Cut, which is a vertical at New York Magazine. So the piece is called An Awkward Kiss Changed How I Saw Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. And can you just explain for our listeners what happened? It was a campaign rally during my 2014 campaign for lieutenant governor. He reached out to us and was interested in helping the campaign and other Democrats in the state. You know, obviously, I was grateful that he was willing to come out. The Latino Victory Project and the Nevada State Democratic Party stepped in and they were able to help facilitate the logistics and put it all together. So we planned it. It was a couple of days before the election. So it was just really chaotic as the last days of an election are. And I showed up to the rally. It was really not anything out of the ordinary happening. You know, it's, it's a rally. So there's people everywhere, lots of energy, etc. I go into a holding room where all of the speakers are and everyone's chatting and taking pictures. We get ushered out to the side of the stage and by order of appearance, I'm waiting for my name to be called. The program has already started. And um, I remember Eva being in front of me. Eva Longoria. Longoria, yes, I'm sorry. Um, Eva Longoria was a part, a co-founder of the Latino Victory Project. And so she was there as well. So Joe Biden was behind me. And all of a sudden, I feel his hands on my shoulders. And, you know, that in and of itself wasn't immediately odd, although I was like, okay, that's weird. The vice president of the United States is touching me. And at that point, you know, he, he didn't even have a name anymore, right? It was like this figure. It was the vice president of the United States of America. And, you know, then immediately thereafter, he comes up behind me, he like gets close to me from behind. He leans in, he like smells my hair and, and then plants this long kiss on the top of my head. And, you know, as this all was happening, I, I just remember like, I, I didn't, my brain couldn't even process it. I, 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 because my brain was trying to process that the second most powerful man in the United States was touching me in an intimate way that was one, unexpected, two, unwanted, right. but three, reserved for people that you have relationships with, you know, friends, family, loved ones, right. romantic partners. Right. You, you just, you don't, it was just so out of context and inappropriate that I just did not even know how to react. Right. And and so I, you know, as women do, we just move on. You take care of business. So I, right. I went on stage, gave my remarks, smiled for the cameras, shook the hands. And it wasn't until afterwards that I shared with my staff that this had happened. And and then, you know, for the most part, it was it was just kind of like, OK, well, what do you do? Nothing. You just kind of right. keep going. Right. And and so that's that's how that ended up transpiring. And can you just tell us what made you come forward about your experience with him? The biggest thing was just over the years, you know, obviously after that happened, I, I just knew I couldn't tell anyone. I mentioned it to some of my senior staff at the time because I had to tell somebody and I was like so shocked, you know, that I, that I just was like, holy cow, what just happened? And, you know, you, you just go on. You, I, I've been saying this a lot, is that when you experience something like that, that you know and you feel was a violation of your own space and your body, but that doesn't rise to, rise in the level of seriousness to, you know, a full-on sexual assault, assault or, or rape, you, you just don't know how to complain about it. Um, in a work setting, there's mechanisms for that. You know, like if that had happened to me by the CEO of a company, I would have absolutely gone to HR and I would have lodged my complaint there. And they, if they're doing their jobs right, they would have talked to the person and they would have told them to stop. But of course, in this situation, who do you tell? 
you know, and then 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 you add on the pressure, of course, as as a Democrat and someone within the party to not ever say anything that is going to make seniors or high level officials or, you know, like leadership within our party look bad. You know, it's it's we have all of these uh, untold secrets, you know, they're known secrets, but they're unspoken and and you just can't talk about them. So essentially, that's what it was for me. It stayed with me because of how weird and how powerless it made me feel. And and I just like, you know, I felt like I couldn't speak up for myself. And of course, that's not me. (laughs) If anybody knows me even a little, they know it's not me. And, And maybe that's why it affected me as much as it did, because that that's not my personality at all. And, and yet when I was put in that situation, because it was the vice president of the United States, and because he uh, is such a powerful figure, and because he was there on my behalf, you know, there's, it's like, there's all of these factors that add to to the confusion of how you feel about it, that it just, it stayed with me. And so over the years, I, of course, it always bothered me. And on occasion, I think I mentioned it to, you know, very, very close friends, like I think two, you know, mm-hmm. as, as I was going around trying to figure out who could corroborate my story. I was, you know, like secretly asking, like, did I ever mention an incident with Joe right. Biden? And they're like, what? An incident? Right. And I'm like, man, who did I tell? Right. So once I, I started kind of asking around, the reason why is because over the years, I I had seen examples of that same kind of behavior. Um, You know, now we're seeing that that people that, well, I would say one woman so far has talked about her experience and and what that was like, which frankly is the whole point of the conversation that I'm trying to have around this, is that it just really bothered me that no one ever talked about it and no one took it seriously. And and this is an open secret for about Joe Biden. Like right. no one is no one is surprised. And by no one, I don't mean the public, but actually the public shouldn't be surprised either because there's just so much out there. And right. and as and as I started to see the conversations occur around his possible candidacy, it just really, really bothered me that I felt like I couldn't speak out and say, hey, wait a minute. There's also this really important aspect of his background that should be taken into account because it's not just Biden being Biden or boys will be boys. This is unwanted behavior that is affecting the women that he is touching. And then, of course, it also speaks to a very serious conversation that we just have to have generally that that powerful men oftentimes feel entitled to women's spaces and women's bodies. And sometimes they take that to the extreme and they rape them. And sometimes they take it just a little bit far and they touch you or they kiss you or they hug you when you don't want to be kissed. So that all, all of those variations of, of the spectrum, they're all wrong just because one is bad or just because one is worse doesn't mean the other one isn't also bad. So once right. I saw that this these conversations, you know, none of this was being included, it just it really really started to weigh really heavily on me. And I just, you know, the the tipping point was when I started to see colleagues of mine publicly saying or they were being talked about that they were going to meet with him and you know, people were then starting to consider 
uh, endorsements and things like that. When I saw that Stacey Abrams had sat down with him, that's what really triggered it. And I said to myself, you know, the, everyone has to know that this happened and that this is an important part of his history before people start to make their right. determinations about whether or not they're going to support this man. And, and I just said to myself, you know, if I don't say something, I, I felt like they could not come back to me later if this came out at a later time and say, you know, why didn't you tell me? And, and right. I wouldn't have an exactly. answer for them. I wouldn't have an answer for them. And so I felt like I, I have to say something because if I don't say something now, I'm not going to be able to say it later. I right. mean, later yeah, after people, you know, after people have made their endorsements, et cetera, I just felt like it would be so bad for me to be like, wait a minute, take that back because this happened, you know, right. or at the very least well, consider, consider this aspect of his behavior. So I, I decided to write the piece. And, uh, yeah. and here we are. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, I decided so, to do all of this because there's this big grand conspiracy to help Bernie right. Sanders get elected. But yeah, which we'll talk about at. in a second. And yeah, you're yeah. doing this for or, or there are a couple theories, right? You're doing it for attention because obviously this has been really great for your um Oh, career. yes, it's been lovely. Yeah, <laughs> it's been More fantastic. Hate. Now, what's so weird to me is that people are pushing back on what you're saying when there's photographic evidence and video evidence of him doing this with other women. So it's not even like what we usually see where people have a double standard and they're hypocritical about it and they say believe women unless it's a woman accusing someone I like or unless it's someone accusing the husband of someone I like. But this is actually just saying that you are lying or you're being an opportunist about something that's documented. And and the other thing is you're not saying, as you made clear in this interview and also in your piece, you're not saying that this is that you were assaulted. You're not saying that you were raped. This is on a continuum. And as you said, it's a lot. I mean, it's like night and day. Right. Um, but you can't just say, well, because he didn't rape you. Who cares? Right. Just like if someone's assaulted, you can't say, well, because he didn't rape you, who cares? Right. Um, also, the other response I've seen online is on Twitter and and stuff is like from high profile people like Rick Wilson, that awful Republican who's considered <laughs> part of the resistance because the resistance is the Mick, the Mick resistance. Right. Um, he said he knows that you are prepped. First of all, you have been prepped. You've done media prep. You're a politician. You're right. like a perfect. Of course, you, you're, he thinks you're going to like show up in sweatpants and sweatshirt and like, you know, be like, <laughs> right. whatever. Does he think you're going to just like roll out of bed? And yes, um, yes, that's what he thinks. Yeah. I mean, just he's projecting because he looks right. like he's not, you know, not the, <laughs> he doesn't look so good. Um, but uh, so he must equate that with not lying. I don't know. And then the other thing is that people are saying, well, look at what Trump did. And this is such a dangerous precedent and standard. Absolutely. And I think it actually represents in a weird way, like Dems in general. Like we can't like they lost in 2016 in large part because their campaign slogan unofficially was Dems, not as bad as Trump. <laughs> right. And right. they're doing this with you, too. And, yeah. and look, Joe Biden frames himself as a feminist, as an ally. And it's a very different context. And what when you when you wrote this piece, did you feel a kind of relief or did you feel anxious? Or are you still feeling anxious? Did you anticipate the response you get? I anticipated everything that is happening in some form or fashion. In fact, I I was just about to I've been trying to stay off of Twitter a little bit yeah. um, because it's such a toxic place. Yeah. And I also know that it, it's not representative right. of the majority of people. It's the hate and percent, as they call it. 
Right. Exactly. So I, uh, but I was just crafting uh, a response because people keep asking, why did she wait so long, et cetera. And everything that I, that people are asking me about and accusing me of, I actually wrote about in my essay. So, you know, and part of everything that I talked about in terms of the, um, the doubt, the, uh, attacks of credibility, the, right. is it politically motivated, et cetera, all of that. Of course I thought about that. Right. But at the end of the day, I, you know, I just had to, I just had to determine, do you want to do this or not? Is this an important thing that you need to share with the world or not? Right. And to me, I thought that it was critical to talk about it because of the larger implications of this, not just about Joe Biden, but also having this really important conversation about power dynamics and women's autonomy and our agency over our space and our bodies. It's, I just think it's a really important conversation to have because I feel like that's part of the reason why media hasn't taken all of that evidence and those stories, et cetera, that were published over the years very seriously. And so in many ways, I thought that I was actually going to be dismissed and ridiculed and ignored, to be honest. Right. I, I really, I, I kind of, um, I anticipated the blowback, but I didn't anticipate it at this level. I did not anticipate, and, and maybe, you know, maybe this is naive. Maybe someone will, because of this interview, then be like, well, look at how stupid she is. She's been in politics for 10 years and she didn't anticipate um, that this would be, wall-to-wall coverage for 48 hours. But the reason why I didn't is because that behavior is so widely accepted, you know, and and I truly, in many ways, I thought, yes, exactly. In many ways, I just thought that I was going to be ignored and that I was just going to be ridiculed and that I'd be kind of like swatted away. This, This girl is stupid and this is nothing. And, you know, it would be done and everybody would ignore me. So, you know, the fact that this has been that people have actually been talking about it, um, you know, maybe that indicates that this is a this is something important that that needs to be discussed. Right. So they've some people have ridiculed you, but for them, but they are paying attention. (laughs) And again, it's the word. It's always the loudest. It's like, a you know, you're not never read comments on a piece, for instance, the same phenomenon. It's like the loudest people are are just the haters, but they don't represent most people. Yeah. Um. The irony, and I think I tweeted, is that the people saying, why did you wait so long are the one are the reason or part of the reason why you waited so long because or why you didn't come out immediately because you you've listed a few reasons. But one of them is because of the way you'll be doubted and attacked. And so these people are like proving your point. No, they're entirely proving the point. It's so ironic. Yeah, (laughs) it's so ironic. Yeah, it doesn't matter. You know, if we have have we learned nothing from any of these women who have spoken out? Right. It is the same pattern, the same behavior, the same reaction, no matter who it is right. and who it's against. It is the same pattern. And and of course, it doesn't matter when you say it never is going to be the right time. Right. Exactly. Unless you say it right away and you right have like time. evidence or something. Yeah. It's Which never going to yeah. be the right time. They will always find some way to discredit you. If I had done it right. immediately... I probably would have been shut out and and even more shut shut out than and tried to be destroyed within the Democratic Party than than I was. Right. Um, You know, there just always would have been some reaction. There would have been some sort of um, 
figuring out of how to discredit me. So right. it just, it doesn't matter. It, it just it depends on which been... part, right? Exactly. It's like when it's you, it's, it's the people, the liberals, when it's like Blasey Ford, it's the right wing. It's right. Just a question of it who... just never would have been a right time because there would have always been a reason of why what I am saying should not be believed or why right. it should be dismissed. Right. What are some of the worst responses you've got from people who actually are significant? Cause we don't want to feed the trolls, but is there anyone who deserves being called out? You know, I think one of my biggest disappointments was a tweet that Anna Navarro sent out where she said that uh, that she did acknowledge his misbehavior. She acknowledged that Biden absolutely should stop doing what he's doing, um, but also reminded everyone of what a great man he is. And of course, I have never said he wasn't a right. good person. I yeah. said his behavior was unacceptable. Right. I mean, we can get the policy. It's, it's, I have a lot of problems with this policy, but that's not even, that's not what's correct. Like exactly. Yeah. Same. Right. Yeah. And, 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 you know, that somehow by me pointing out his bad behavior, that this is destroying a good man. When I have right. said many times over that it's not about his intention, it is about the way the person on the receiving end feels right. about it and whether or not the behavior was, um, was invited invited and whether or not it was correct for the situation. Right. And, and so, but that's not really what bothered me so much. What bothered me was that she said that, um, that this type that talking about this kind of unwanted touching or behavior or invasion of personal space cheapens the me too movement. Right. And, And I thought that that was, that was actually very hurtful. Um, and not, and pretty narrow minded because the me too movement I think is based on a couple of things. One of them is agency over ourselves and, and, um, being able to give voice against things and for things. But I think the other big part of me too is consent. Right. And, and me too shouldn't be limited to sexual assault and rape and harassment. Right. right. It should include the entire spectrum of when our spaces, our bodies, et cetera, are violated right. without consent and and in an unwanted way and in right. un, and in an um inappropriate way. Yeah. You know? And so I've never ever ever claimed that that this rose to the level of harassment or assault or right. I've never claimed to be this trauma victim that right. can't sleep at night. I mean, sure, right. that kind of interaction stayed with me. Right. But I, I would be doing a disservice. And this is one of the things that I've been accused of doing a disservice to, quote unquote, real victims, um, right. because my speaking out of, of the violation of my space in the way that I felt that so I cannot I cannot speak publicly about right. that because now, I guess in some twisted way, real quote unquote real victims right. are are also not going to be able to speak out. Well, it's interesting because Tarana B- Burke, who founded the Me Too movement, um, she considers Monica Lewinsky part of. I mean, she considers that a Me Too case. Just Absolutely. to give an example, right? Absolutely. Of things that aren't like straightforward rape Correct. or assault. And she was a consenting adult. I mean, it, it, the paradynamics were very obviously problematic. You have the most powerful man in the world with an intern. But obviously, I mean, uh, yeah, it's not limited to the worst of the worst. And that's not, that's like a race to the bottomism. Correct. Like that's the exact opposite of what the Me Too movement should be about. And the whole point is that there is this spectrum. 
And if you were saying, I know what it's like to be Christine Blasey Ford, or I know what it's like to be a rape victim because of this experience, then yeah, that would be, I would say you would not cheapening because I wouldn't say that, but maybe it's like, you know, not the best comparison or analogy, but you're making it very clear that that's not what it is. Correct. And who was she to determine what defines me too and what cheapens it? I mean, she just cheapened it by saying that. I I agree. I was very disappointed. I was, you know, you just, I don't know. I guess you expect better from. Yeah, she's a fan of the Contras though. (laughs) Well, you know, I guess you just expect better from, from especially women who, who like really, uh, you know, have really, I think done a a good job oftentimes of defending women and certainly speaking out against the vile behavior of people like Trump, et cetera. So, but yeah, I thought that that was just um, a very narrow minded view and, and that frankly, that, that really does a disservice to women who have also been treated in this way. You know, this pattern and practice that of what Joe Biden has done in the past, um, had that been in an employment setting, that's, yeah, exactly. abso- that's absolutely a legitimate case of sexual harassment. It's called right. a hostile work environment. Mm. You know, does that not me too, right? right? Just because it's a different setting. You know, right. like in in a, it's just because the there's no structure there in the political system. You know, right. we there's no structure of accountability, and that's one of the things that we're working through. You right. know, I mean, you know, Bernie talked about, um, and I know Kamala has too, but Bernie talked about, uh, you know, putting in one of the most robust type of accountability for sexual harassment and, and related claims, et cetera, within his campaign operation. And I think that's the right thing to do. That's yeah. what all campaigns should do. Right. He said in response to the, in response Correct. to the people. When right. he was asked about what right. he, right. And what then you have people, were. I mean, this is the other thing. People are accusing you of doing this for Bernie. You don't, you're not a Bernie surrogate. You're not right. You're not a Bernie surrogate. You're not with our revolution anymore. Right. Like I'm a Bernie stand. Right. You're exactly. not <laughs> like, that's the irony, yeah. you know, like yeah. accuse me of doing something for that right. reason, but you're not even, if you wanted to, you'd be out there like stomping, stomping for Bernie, but you're not. Exactly. I was, I always, I always think that these people are just projecting because they like don't know what it's like to have convictions. So they just assume you're doing it for political or personal gain. Yeah. Um, they're just, yeah. it's like such a tell. Yes. It's like they could never consider doing this out of conviction. You know, I, for, I, I mean, you know, the psychology of it, I'm sure there's, I, I hope someone, you know, decides to write another piece on it or right. something. Cause there's, right. I think those are all kinds of reasons, but I think the biggest one is that, you know, we really shouldn't be surprised by all of this. One, it's yes, it's definitely political and politics is nasty. And you've already seen that even though there is all kinds of evidence and videos and pictures of right. Joe Biden behaving in these inappropriate ways, there's now a piece that came out today um, calling all of those pictures. I think it was a, a treasure trove of right wing propaganda. Oh, that's the other or, thing they love doing. Or you know what? So they're already trying to discredit all of that. But but look, my whole point is that this this conversation should have been had a really long right. time ago. Right. It's so offensive when people do that. Like your God forbid your experience falls into something that the right wing could use. You know what the right wing can also use? The hypocrisy. And they do. And we saw that look, part of the reason Trump won was because Hillary Clinton was hamstrung and how she could respond to the grabbing women by the pussy stuff because Donald Trump talked about Bill Clinton's record. And, you know, all the people who are saying they don't take you seriously because it wasn't as bad as rape. Well, I mean, 
they've done a pretty good hit job on Juanita Broderick. And I don't like Juanita Broderick's politics, but she's telling the truth. Sorry. I mean, I'll say it. She's, I've interviewed her. The, the Believe Women people, except for when it's someone accusing Bill Clinton or someone accusing Joe Biden, right. that, the Republicans love that. Yeah. They love that. That's a great right-wing talking point. But also, even if it weren't, this whole idea that you're supposed to live your life according to things that won't ever play into the hands of the right wing. And if you cared about that, then that means the left has to do a better job with these things. Right. Absolutely. And it is so short-sighted because it's much better PR, I think, honestly, for the right to show hypocrisy than to show, we all know that this stuff is systemic. It's not limited to one party or ideology, right? Sexism, sexual harassment, Correct. all of these things are nonpartisan. Right. Um, which I, but, which yeah. I have said many times, you know, I, yeah, I have yeah. pointed out to the larger issue of the lack of accountability of protections for women and those in, in power and in positions of less power, because of course it's not always about women. Um, right. This happens to men as well. But my right. point is, is that in a, in a place like politics where there's all these power dynamics going right. on, there are almost no protections for staff, certainly not for candidates, you know, where right. a candidate's going to go. And so what that requires is building, having an acknowledgement of that, putting in those structures in the way that, that Bernie and Kamala and others have, and, and then also focusing on a culture shift. Right. And and really focusing on because that's also one of the ways in which they've defended his behavior is saying, well, you know, back in the day that that was OK. Right. And, you know, my response is that my response to that is that it's no longer OK. Segregation, right. it was OK back right. in the day. Exactly. Yeah. Right. You know, I, there right. was all kinds of things that were OK back in the day. And, right. you know, criminalizing gay marriage right, was exactly, a right. thing or, back in the day behavior yeah right but all yeah. of those attitudes and behaviors have changed also and, he did this a few years ago like let's and in your case a few years ago right and right but i'm saying his the defense was that he comes from a different era right sure he just right. hasn't changed that behavior right, hasn't yet caught up, right right and yeah. and the thing is is that i'm saying well and frankly it's not just limited to him you know i right. i have heard from women all over the country who've given their examples of this happening to them at work, this happening to them in other places. This, this is, right. you know, I think part of the reason that, that we are still talking about this is because there are plenty of women who are validating this as serious behavior that needs to be addressed and does right. have to be changed in our culture. Right. And then I'm sure people are like, oh, who is she? She should be great. I mean, there's this like power dynamic, right? Like she should be grateful that the vice president, like, and this is how she, you know, thanks him. Like there's really a victim blaming. Um, uh, this is so fun. I don't know why this just came into my head, but a family friend was just telling me the other day that in like the 70s, she went out for dinner with a guy and then he wanted her to come home with him. He paid for dinner and then wanted her to come home with him and she didn't. So he was like, give me, all right, can I have the money back? <laughs> Like this entitlement, you know, it's absolutely terrible. Yes. They, yes. Which, it yeah. Is, and she it did. Is, it's funny. I, if someone oh had done gosh. that to me, I think I'm like, it's partly because of what women before us went through. Right. They've made it. So I wouldn't be insecure. I'd be like, sorry, wrong bet. Like, right. You, <laughs> you messed up. Sorry. No, bye. A, Thanks for dinner. That's exactly right? But she, right. Because of then it was like, she did pay back. Cause I think it was too, it wasn't as you really did need to make a statement then. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, no, I think that, and it's funny because I was talking to this uh, Rania Kalik, who's a journalist, and we mentioned Joe Biden, and I said, I was like, look, all these people who talk about Bernie's wagging fingers are going to have to either deny or make excuses 
for Biden. And I brought up, I mean, uh, and I appreciate that you're not a Sanders surrogate, but you're still being, uh, I don't just appreciate this because I like Bernie, but I mean, you're being an honest person, consistent person, right? You're saying it's good that Kamala is putting this in power in place. It's good that Bernie's putting this in place. But it's funny because Bernie's like, it, Bernie puts his hands on men too. Like it, to me, it's very non-gendered and not, I haven't seen it, but I mean, I haven't experienced, but it, it, it comes off. I'm really worried because we already saw this when Al Franken was accused of stuff. Someone on Twitter was like, who wants to like come forward and pretend that they were groped by Sanders or something. Mm. And the only thing I'll say is that like, he does, he, you see him putting his hand on like Bill Maher. It's not a, it's not a predatory thing. No, um, and the thing is, is that it's always about context. It's yes. always about context. Right. There has right. that, that's some of the silliness. Also, it's really incredible. People are very creative. The the other silliness out there is that I have invaded right. people's spaces, right? right? Because there's a picture floating around out there of um, me taking a selfie with Biden at the same event, and my my two fingers were on his shoulder, and right. so therefore I violated him. Yeah, as and, if, right. right. And then, of course, a picture of me and Bernie. And, you know, why is it a violation for Biden, but not a violation for Bernie? And I'm just like, this is ridiculous conversation. Yeah. It's illogical. It's yeah. silly. Because is, everybody yeah. Yeah. making those really silly arguments know that it's silly. Yeah, they Every know it's last yeah. person knows right. that that consent is can be explicit and it can be implied and we all know how to interact with each other as human beings right you and know this like, isn't like I, a fine line he kisses right. he he smells your hair he like inhales Correct. right exactly your head that's that's exactly the yes. point it's what not he posing did, for a photo with his right. arm around you or what you with his, your did, arm around him right what he did was intimate behavior Putting your arm around someone as you're taking a picture or, or putting exactly that is entirely respectable, normal right. behavior. Exactly. Right. right. What Joe Biden did to me was not normal. Right. Uh, you know, I, that, it's kind of like, how it's do so, I continue yeah. to, I know. to it's make like, here's this part point? Of the reason, part of the reason we know that is like every single politician does this puts their arm around their hand and every person taking a photo with them puts their arm around the person. Not every politician goes behind someone like rubs their shoulders and inhales their, their hair, tells them it smells good and then kisses them on the head. Exactly. And people know this. Yeah, exactly. But it doesn't, um, but it, you know, the thing is, is that I think people do know this, but for all of these different reasons, they are, they just, you know, it doesn't matter. Right. None of that matters. Right. I think so. it's interesting. I mean, the psychology of it's interesting. I think some people are cynical and realize it. And some people, I think, I mean, I kind of, my heart, I don't know what to do about these people because I think that they're so traumatized by Trump that their normal kind of empathy gets out of whack or something. But they need to, I don't know, that's a whole other thing. I think there's a real problem with like white feminism and, um, which isn't just on this. I mean, I, I call it white feminism, but white women aren't the only ones who display it. But it's like historically it's been that, which is right. this total identification with one woman's journey. It's like Hillary Clinton's journey was the most important thing. And the person, anyone, and this is why I think there's such Bernie hate. They think he got in the way of that, even though he helped, he campaigned harder for her than she did herself. But right. um, there's this, you know, people who are like, oh, I didn't know there was misogyny until 2016. It's like, where were you? You know, right. and like now they are just so I mean, Trump is an evil person. I really think he's evil. I think his election was very is very traumatic, traumatizing, scary. But I also think the way you respond to it is not by like lowering the bar for everyone else. Correct. Um, 
And, or, and I also that no, that's entirely right. That's entirely right. As you mentioned earlier, this is a slippery slope. Um, we cannot measure behavior with the most extreme, vile, horrible right. behavior as the measuring stick. You yeah, know? Exactly, like as yeah. long as as long as it's not bad as that, then it's better. No, right. that's that's not that. In fact, I, I think what's really been missing in this conversation is the fact that so many people are accusing me of handing, quote unquote, handing Trump the 2020 election. And and to, in my mind, I'm like, have you not seen the field? You have like 18 other right. choices. And Biden <laughs> you know? hasn't even you announced have, yet. You have 18 other choices. Right. I right. I feel very strongly that more than a handful of those of those candidates could be Trump. Yeah. You know, it's just it's it's incredible to me how. But I think that that's what maybe indicates that so much of this pushback is political and right. it is coming from right. the establishment and the Biden world. And and, you know, like being being organized in that way, because this is about saving him potentially, right. you know, I mean, I, I'm assuming that his his run, his announcement is eminent and that it was a given. Right. And so now it's about saving the ability for him to not only run, but then also win this primary. Um, because otherwise, why why would there be such a, uh, why would the backlash be focused so much on the fact that I have just single-handedly given Trump the election in 2020 right, when, right. There's, like you said, there's when there's so many, so many yeah. other candidates? Right. It, it's, Who, you know, it's really illogical. Do you have any um, favorites so far? Or are you... You know, I'm not going to answer that because if I do, someone yeah, will cut right. that out of you're this right. podcast right. and be like, "This is why she's doing it." Exactly, and they're going to and they're going to call it they're going to call it a smoking gun. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you see, you see. can't do it at all. Like you can't. Yeah, you're right. I can't, you know, give any political opinions. Right, it's true because actually. now like it's going to be yeah. used against you can't me. Can't do that. That's really messed up. Well, hopefully, what will happen is Biden won't. Whatever, they're going to try to do it retroactively. If Biden doesn't enter and you say something pro-ABC, they'll still smear it as that, but you just have to ignore it. You know, I but. just that's really what this whole thing, at the end of the day, I I couldn't give that much thought to any of this. Yeah, you can't. Because yeah. if I did, I would, I would never speak out. And frankly, no woman would ever speak out. Right, right. Because, you know, when you, when you think about how terrible all of that is, everything that we've just, got, just discussed over the last half hour or so um yeah the price you pay it's, yeah it's a really miserable experience and it yeah. really does make you question but you know at the end of the day i do stay focused on why this conversation is important and of course i stay focused on all of those women who have chosen to share their own stories with me and and i know that this is an important conversation and you know what hey they're finally talking about it right and that was the point the open so. secret, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And where can people find you and tell us about what you're doing and um, anything else you want to make sure listeners know about? Yeah, well, they can find me on social media. I am on Twitter at Lucy Flores. I am on Instagram, Lucy Flores. N is in Nancy, B is in Victor. It's obviously for my former home state of Nevada. Um, but Lucy Flores NB and also on Facebook. And I am uh, now in the kind of semi-private world. I'm on doing digital media. I just launched my own digital media company. We produce content and events that focuses on Latinas and empowering Latinas. Oh, nice. Yeah. So that's at loosecollective.com. Loose um, Collective? Mm-hmm. Although I, I definitely do not 
again, you know, I've been accused of I'll trying to, en- I've I'll been trying like, to enrich yeah, myself. I know. I know so. you should be like I just live underground in a hole. Yeah, exactly. Like I don't. Hog, I don't have I a job. I yeah, yeah. exactly. I, I yeah. don't have a job. I just live Is under it loose a bridge. With a Z or C? C as in as in loose as in light. Right. That's loose. what I thought. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice. Loose collective. Nice L U Z. Yeah. And they are, they keep talking about you as a Bernie as working for having worked for Bernie, but they don't even say that you're no longer part of our revolution. Like yeah. they don't make any attempt to. I can't stand honestly. I feel like I'm. I mean, I feel. This word can be overused, but I feel gaslit all the time just by the lies that the media puts out. There's and there's no accountability. And they don't correct it. They don't correct that's it. Yeah, that's right. That's the yeah. biggest problem is that they call me. Exactly. I mean, I, some show today, some daytime show was talking about me today, and they called me a Bernie supporter, like an act, a current Bernie, right? And or surrogate. They called me a Bernie surrogate. What? It, mm-hmm. And and it was a mainstream show and. You know, like, I, how do I push back on that? I've, right. I have tweeted it repeatedly. And the thing is, is that I've, I've said to news outlets, I am using the same process that I used in 2016 when I was trying to figure out who I wanted to support. Right. And ultimately landed on Bernie after I had heard enough to convince me that he was the person that I believed in that had the right. same values as me. There's so many amazing candidates. And I do right. think that they're all pretty good. Not all, but <laughs> some are definitely better Enough, than others. Right. Um, you know, and Bernie, obviously, like, I, of course, yeah, like, ultimately, I might end up supporting Bernie. Right. But I'm not there yet because I don't want to be there yet. I yeah. do want to hear from everybody else. Right. You know, and I if think you that's fair. Help, that's a fair process. You, yeah, of course. And if you were in the tank for Bernie and we're doing this just for political reasons, you'd be like... Biden did this, which is why I'm supporting Bernie Sanders. Like, exactly. if you wanted to use I would it for be some a kind full of, yeah. on surrogate. Exactly. I would be a full yeah. on surrogate. Yeah, so, so anyway, annoying. I know. Well, well I got to run, girl. All right. Okay, great. See you. Thanks for talking to you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thanks so much again for listening to the Katie Halper Show. Thank you so much, Lucy Flores. You can follow her work at Lucy Flores on Twitter. Make sure you tune in to make sure you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the Katie Halper Show because I'll be posting an interview I did with Branko Marcetek. Branko Marcetek? I don't know. I don't speak Serbian, so I can't even do what I do with Spanish usually. Branko Marcetek about Joe Biden being a an anti-busing criminal justice zealot. Um Okay, I think that's it. See you next time. Oh, also, save the dates. I will be part of the Street Fight show on Saturday, April 6th at Littlefield. Again, that's the great podcast Street Fight. I'll be on it. So will Leslie Lee, our dear friend um, from Struggle Session. Also, Chapo Trap House. You may have heard of them. They'll be on it, too. And then, so exciting, May 10th, guys. May 10th, Friday, May 10th, the Katie Halper Show will be doing a taping with... Struggle session, also at Littlefield. So save those dates. Friday, May 10th, and uh, this Saturday, April 6th. But um, with Street Fight and Friday, May 10th, the Katie Halper Show. And our guest will be, wait for it, among others, Matt Taibbi. Our guest on the Katie Halper Show taping May 10th at Littlefield will be none other than Matt Taibbi. The Katie Halper Show is edited by Ted Reedy. Our theme song is by the band Cordoba. 